Good morning, good morning. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Welcome to Pacoima First United Methodist Church. My name is Luis Garcia, pastor of this congregation. Welcome to you worshiping with us online either today or tomorrow. Blessings to you, blessings to your family, blessings to all worshiping here our Lord. Uh, welcome everyone to this place that we call church. And that is the communion of the saints, the family of God that meets here uh, around 11 a.m. to worship God, to learn about God, and then to be sent out into the world and do something about our faith. And today, uh, the last day of October, we celebrate and we give thanks for another church anniversary. We give thanks for all the church families that came before us, the clergy, the pastors, the leaders um, that brought the church to this time and place. And so today, we celebrate and give thanks to God for all this time together. So after worship, we will have fellowship with cake and coffee, and that will be in the office. So we're going back to the office, and you are welcome to stay. You are welcome to join us. You have about, what, 45 minutes to come here. You want a cake, all right? And so for now, let us remember that even if it's windy outside, right? We are praying for the wind of the Spirit to come uh, in our lives. And this is the day that the Lord had made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If you are able, please stand. Let us worship the Lord, the cars of our worship leaders. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. How many blessed people do we have in the sanctuary today? Come on and let's praise God for his goodness and his blessing. Come on and say bless.
just bow your heads for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you and praise you for another opportunity to come into your house and to lift our hands and to say thank you for all that you've done, all that you brought us through, Father, for allowing us to wake up this morning in our right minds and with the activity of our limbs. We bless your name, Father, because we did you didn't have to wake us up this morning, but we thank you that you did. We ask you to bless this service, bless our pastor as he brings forth the word, and let us leave here changed and doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. so good Lord you are good you've been better than good I can praise you enough I owe you my life I can praise you enough even if my trust comes you've been come on and get a praise on your mind so Jesus. You may be seated. God has been so good to us. Can you say amen to that? Amen, amen and amen. Just a reminder about um, our fellowship after worship in the office, cake and coffee. Everybody is invited. Also, a quick announcement uh, about the Spanish class uh, that Janet, my wife, um, will begin next week. This class will be held in the office after worship and will be a, a low-key and fun class. 
<laughs> for learning the basics of Spanish. Uh, Cleo is uh, one of the students, and we hope others uh, will join that class as well. I was asked by the teacher to give this announcement, announcement and that was an offer I could not refuse. <laughs> but um, uh, next Sunday, and this is a very special thing, uh, next Sunday is All Saints Sunday. You know, and probably last night and even today, all this uh, Halloween thing and all these parties and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, for John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, this was a very special day. And especially because we remember. We remember those that preceded us in this journey of faith. And we honor them. And so this year, um, uh, next Sunday, we will um, remember and honor those who went to be with the Lord this past year. So we're receiving the names, and we will remember. We will have communion. We will be thankful. Amen? Amen. So let's pray for that, for that Sunday, this Sunday, next Sunday. So at this moment, we will receive uh, the word of God for today from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Second letter to Corinthians, uh, chapter 8, verses 1 to 15. And if you are able, please stand for the reading of the word of God. Harmony, thank you. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints, and this not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us, so that we might urge Titus that, as he had already made a beginning, so he would also complete the generous undertaking among you. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something. Now finish doing it, so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need, in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Christians by 
Will you pray with me? Yes, Lord, you are our God, and we are your people. As we come to this time of preaching and teaching, we pray that we can find wisdom and direction. May your Holy Spirit bring wisdom and discernment to our souls. That love that we just heard about that love to our hearts and the strength to put into action what we hear today so they'll know that we are Christians by the love you have put in our hearts may the words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O Lord my rock and my redeemer amen and amen. The seed of generosity. I, I read an article with this, these stories. A few years ago, a newspaper carried a funny, though sad, uh, story about a man in Florida who sued his church for fraud. He claimed uh, the pastor has, had said, God would make him rich if he gave 10% of his income to the church. When it didn't happen, the man sued. History repeated itself. Another man, last name Cash, from some town in Kentucky, filed a suit to retrieve offerings he put in the collection plate at a local church. According to the local newspaper, Mr. Cash charged that the church didn't live up to their promises of assistance and fellowship. I guess he didn't like the potlucks. Anyway, these stories, uh, which apparently are true, have a comical side, but if you think about it, there is also a very tragic, tragic side. Imagine how sad those situations would have been for everyone involved, right? And although I agree that the church uh, message needs to be very clear regarding money and resources and tithing and such, and preachers or leaders should never promise that tithing will make you rich, I suppose we all have strange idea about money in the church and how the money should be used. Can I have an amen on that? Well, Pastor Edwards Ainibitias said, there is nothing magical about tithing. And I would add, not even uh, magical about giving to church. So he said, there is nothing magical about tithing, and God never promises a monetary extravagance. He does promise a spiritual blessing, and he does promise treasures lay up in heaven. Right? 
But there is no assurance, he said, that if we give generously of our money, one day we will all drive a Ferrari. Actually, it said a Mercedes, but I didn't want to get into that. <laughs> so these stories lead us to our first point for today. And that is generosity, generosity and giving are to meet God's expectations, not ours. Generosity and giving are to meet God's expectations and not ours. As part of this series of, on, of sermons on stewardship and the privileges of being God's family, I'll be sharing about some of the issues regarding prayer, presence, gifts, service, and witness as part of both our responsibilities but also our privilege of being part of this community of faith that we call church, our church. So blessings on them. And so before we go to our passage from, uh, for today from 2 Corinthians and the word uh, from Apostle Paul to the church in that city, I invite you to make a quick stop in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, and you can open in your Bibles or in your apps there, uh, uh, and you, you can browse it there. Uh, Matthew 6, uh, Jesus is in the middle of the Sermon of the Mount, on the Mount, excuse me, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and you know the whole sermon is a few chapters uh, long, and especially in chapter 6, it seems like Jesus is discussing a lot of different things that we need to be aware of and need to take care of. Jesus puts them together in the same basket. Jesus starts talking, and you can see it there very quick, about giving to the poor, piety, he called it. Then he talks about prayer, and he teaches how to pray with the Lord's Prayer, right? He talks about fasting, and then he talks about money right away. He talks about money or treasures on earth. All that in the same block of teachings. So it is interesting to try to see what all these points have in common. I mean, praying, fasting, and, and even giving to the poor have a connection, right? These are all related to what we do at church, right? But the way we manage money in our private life, well, what's, uh, what's the connection here, right? I mean, giving, fasting, praying, uh, we understand those as a spiritual disciplines, things we do, you and I do, to connect to God. They are not just uh, to serve ourselves, but, but it's part of our uh, connection with God. But then Jesus moves immediately to the issue of money, resources, treasures on earth. Don't make treasures on earth invest in heavenly bones. <laughs> there, is the, there is no disconnection between these issues. According to what we read here, in the same way that spiritual disciplines, praying, fasting, giving to the poor, uh, uh, and also I would say worship, right? Uh, as those spiritual disciplines are to connect us with God, uh, the way we use resources can either help us or can prevent us from maintaining that good relationship with God. Amen? So there is no disconnection between these issues. And I was thinking about how, how we, I can illustrate that. Well, I, I was thinking about um, those forms that you need to, to fill out on a website. And then you need to check some boxes there. Most, most, if not all of us, have done that, right? You need to check all the boxes, prayer, fasting, giving, managing resources, etc. 
Uh, you need to check all the boxes in order to move to the next page. Otherwise, you'll get stuck, right? Have you been there? I've been there. Praying, fasting, giving, managing resources, etc., are not disconnected. They are part of our whole spiritual experience. And so Jesus knew. God knows how we tend to separate things and how easily we can see money as an idol. So we put it in, in, in a place where God can see it. And how easily we worry about our finances and about our resources. Being there, done that. How we can get distracted with the things on earth and tend to forget the things from above. God knows. God knows our hearts. No wonder Jesus finishes this part by saying, and you'll see it on the screen, Matthew 6, 33, but strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All these things will be given to you as well. Let's read it together. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to as well. God knows our issues, our finances, our worries, and he gives us a word of care and hope. So do not worry about tomorrow, verse 34, you'll see it there. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today, right? And that is right. So I wanted to go through this passage of Matthew 6, because in this, in there, Jesus is setting the principle, laying the foundation for what Paul, Apostle Paul, is requesting from the church in Corinth. You know? So in today's scripture, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth. Corinth was a big, important city, it was a port. And the church in Corinth was a powerhouse, a powerhouse, gifted, active, proud. Probably you, 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 when you heard the reading, you, you kind of pick up that, that they, were, they, they had abundance of things, right, of gifts, of, of ministries, etc. But apparently, in need of guidance when it came to generosity. After dealing with several conflict in the church in his first letter to the church in Corinth, now Paul, with renewed spiritual authority, is requesting help and support for the church in Jerusalem that had some difficult financial issues. Yes, we pastors, Apostle Paul was no exception. Yes, we, we can talk about prayer. We can talk about, about fasting. We can talk about fellowship. Uh, but sometimes we don't talk that much about that idol that is very dangerous. And we need to be careful, the money or resources. So Paul is asking churches to support the mother church of Jerusalem. But you know, you know what? Paul started using a strategy or a trick <laughs> in order to move the hearts or the pride of this big, powerful church as he asked them to support this need. Paul uses the example of other churches, other Christians, to show the Corinthians how they should do things. And interestingly, Paul uses the example of a, of a group of churches in the area of Macedonia. Those were churches in the country side. And if you notice in the reading, you can have it there, right, in Second Corinthians chapter 8. If you notice, 
they were in extreme poverty. Extreme poverty. Macedonia was economically depressed. The situation in Jerusalem, and this is from history actually, the situation in Jerusalem was connected to a larger economic crisis in the Roman Empire. And so as still happens, the rural, uh, the countryside, uh, uh, the rural congregations in Macedonia suffered uh, greatly. And yet, Although the people in Macedonia were very poor, when they heard about the offering that was being requested for the Christian in Jerusalem, they were the first that raised their hand. Me, 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 we want to help. Paul says they ask us to help. They ask us to help. Verse three and four, they gave according to their means and even beyond their means. They, 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 the support they gave didn't come from the abundance of resources, from the leftovers, but from a generous heart. A generous heart. Now, according to our reading, the, the little churches in, in the area of Macedonia gave according to their means, and they also gave the support with their prayers and with this concern. And Paul says they, they, they gave themselves first to God uh, and then to us. They were eager to help. And that's, that is... Growing in generosity. Knowing that we give to meet God's expectation. And from there, whatever is next. So I imagine that big church in Corinth. Learning about those uh, churches in the countryside. In the area of Macedonia. And how they gave according to their means and even beyond. Those little churches knew that giving is to meet God's expectations and not ours. And we may wonder, you know, Pastor, how do we know God's expectations for us or, or for our church? Well, there is not a formula, but, but um, from John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, he, he did this that I want to share with you. I hope this didn't fall. <laughs> uh, but Wesley explained it this way, and he had this saying that probably you know and says, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. And somebody uh, tells this story that when Wesley say, earn all you can, uh, one old fellow in the crowd is said to have replied, amen to that, pastor. Then Wesley said, save all you can, and the same old fellow said, amen to that, pastor. Then Wesley added, give all you can. And the old man is reported to have mumbled, he just spoiled a perfectly good sermon. <laughs> but Wesley was talking about generosity, generosity that comes out of our hearts, not the calculating hair splitting process by which we figure how to give the very least and still pay our dues. Wesley was talking about how we can reach beyond the level of obligation and arrive to a place where our generosity, where our generosity is an act of love. Where generosity is an act of love. Because indeed, our generosity and this is our second point, by the way. The seed of generosity is grace. Is that grace that we have received from God through his son. 
It is that grace that moves our heart to be not only spiritual, which is good, not only coming to church, which is better, not only worship the Lord, which is beautiful, but it, it brings our life to that moment when we can say, what can I do for you, O God? What can I do for your people? The way those churches in Macedonia gave was an act of love that reflected God's grace. And although in our versions in the Bible, it is not quite reflected this way, Paul uses the word grace in different ways as he is referring to this privilege of being part of God's through our resources. We just heard it, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. That's one of those verses that we need to highlight in our Bibles. For you know the generous act, you can also say, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. So that by his poverty, we, you and I, might become rich, rich. We will find peace and reward as we realize that our generosity will fulfill God's expectations. As we realize that we are responding to that grace received, as we give by grace what we have received by grace. Generosity is a privilege. And also, generosity can be taught. As I finish, let me share this story that I, I treasure uh, from one of my teachers in seminary. And, and this teacher is from India. And he came to Pasadena to teach a class. And in India, he hopefully still works in the slums. Probably he still does. He, he works in the slums of, of New Delhi. And he told us that his inspiration and example to serve in that ministry was his grandmother. He said that when, when he was growing up, his family lived in, in this very poor neighborhood uh, with small houses, one after another, as, as probably you have seen in the movies in, in, in India. And his grandma uh, was the cook for the family. Uh, and every afternoon when she finished cooking, she went out and looked to see which house didn't have smoke coming out of its chimney. And you know what she was looking for, right? As you might have guessed, a smokeless chimney, right? A smokeless chimney meant that the family didn't have anything to fix for dinner that night. So his grandmother, out of her own scarcity, would always set aside a little bit for a family that did not have anything. And that is given beyond their means. So that seed of generosity spread in his family, and now this teacher who has a doctorate and his seminary teacher and so on serves in a place that is poverty-stricken and barren because that seed of generosity was planted in his heart because the seed of generosity is the grace of God poured out in our heart, in yours and mine, and so it is a privilege that we can learn. It is a privilege that 
can be taught and can be passed on to the next generation as we learn, as we practice, as we do, as Paul suggested, recommended, strongly recommended to the Corinthians, as we do what Jesus said, what Jesus taught. Do not make treasure on earth, but invest in heaven. That is our word for today. That is our challenge. But that is also our privilege. Amen, amen. and amen. God is like a gardener that plants the seeds of grace in our hearts. Grace, that unmerited gift from God that came in different forms. First, in our salvation through His Son, amen. In gifts of the Spirit, such as peace, love, kindness. Grace in the form of the fellowship of the believers that for years have maintained a ministry here despite the challenges of the world and even despite a pandemic. Amen. Grace manifested in times and moments like today when we come and give thanks to God for the past, for the present, and for what is coming for this church, our lives and ministry. So let's keep praying that God continues to lead this process and keep growing those seeds of generosity. Would you pray with me? Gardener of life, the seeds you have planted in our lives are beautiful gifts. We want them to grow in our world. We want them to grow in our lives and in our church. Nourish us in our hunger for you. Strengthen us in our weakness. Heal our conflicts and differences with your love. And revive us when death and despair 
threaten our growth. We thank you for all those seeds of generosity that were planted in this congregation of Pacoima First, for the families that through prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness gave, many times given beyond their means to maintain, sustain, and make this congregation a light in the middle of this community for these many years. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for their ministry. Now we pray we can continue that work of love, O oh God. O oh God, your word reminds us the king's heart is a stream of water. In your hand, you turn it wherever you will. And so as we pray that hearts can be moved as we are dealing with local issues in our church administration, we also extend this blessing and this prayer into the dealings and sufferings of so many people trapped in war and violence. We pray that you can move the hearts of the leaders of those nations, nations and bring peace in Israel and Palestine. We remember those forgotten places where war and violence are a constant in people's lives. Lord, in your mercy, we pray. We pray for the community of Lewiston, Maine. For the families dealing with the loss of a loved one and for the whole community, for the whole country. We pray for families and communities dealing with the issue of gun, gun violence. Lord, in your mercy, we pray. So heal our conflicts and differences with your love. And revive us when death and despair threaten our growth. Bless us with new life. Bless us with seeds of generosity. We want to grow in the garden of your grace, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray and your children say together, Amen and Amen and Amen. So many things happening in this world, in our communities. So we need to keep praying. And at this moment, as we come to this time, when we offer our gifts and, and tithes as part of our worship to the Lord, let me read again from 2 Corinthians 8, uh, 15, as it is written, the one who had much did not have, did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have little and then from there he goes into the next chapter and and he reminds us as well god blesses the cheerful giver so at the end he was telling this big church you better be happy that you can give god so let us receive the offerings today and let's be happy and 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 and, and offering our god And let us uh, dedicate these offerings to God. Let us pray. Creator, creator and creative God, thank you for the seeds of generosity you have planted in our lives. Thank you for the dreams of new ministries, of abundance of love, that love that you have sown in our hearts. And thank you for the fullness of your harvest in our lives, in our church and community. Take these gifts we now return to you. Sow more seeds, plant more dreams, and offer more abundance where it is needed most. And we want to be part of that. In your loving name we pray, O oh God. Amen and amen. For you know the generous act 
the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty we might become rich in heaven. Amen. Let us that grace, that seed of generosity freely grow within you and me for the glory, for the honor of our Lord. If you are able, please stand. Let us receive the benediction. And as God is leading us along the path, one step at a time, may the peace of God the love of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you, with your families, now and forever. Amen. And let the people of God say...